0: Welcome to Northern Gold, a football podcast from Evening Express and Pressing and Journal. I'm Ryan Crow. Today I'm joined by Sean Wallace and
1: Paul Chock.
0: How are we guys?
1: How you doing, Ryan? All good? I'm
0: great, thanks. Okay, well maybe um, weren't so great on Sunday, Sean, perhaps? <laughs> you, a polite way to put it. Uh, having travelled to Kirkcaldy to watch Aberdeen's League Cup, very early League Cup exit to Wraith Rovers 2-1 at Starks Park. That's where we'll start with this week's episode. Before moving on to talking about lower league action involving Cove Rangers, Peterhead, Elgin City, um, looking ahead to the games coming this weekend, the return to action for Ross County and Inverness, plus a couple of Highland League bits that we can mention. But yes, Aberdeen go 1-0 up against Wraith Rovers. Starks Park to lose 2 1. Um, It was far from ideal preparation for the opening leg against Karabag on Thursday night in the Europa Conference League playoffs, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, (laughs) disastrous preparation, unfortunately. And it was all looking so good at half time. I mean, Aberdeen were in complete control. Fantastic goal from Emmanuel Thomas. It created a few chances. At half time, I could see nothing other than Aberdeen progressing, and although prior to kickoff had concerns that so many changes being made, I mean Stephen Glass made seven changes after forty-five minutes. You thought, oh, well, it looks like the gambles paid off, but to be fair, they offered very little in that first half. I expected it to be a lot more aggressive than. Clearly, as things said at half time in their dressing room, because from the start of the second half they were far more fired up, and the game just ran away from Aberdeen. I mean, Dylan McGeech coasted through the first half; they were control in midfield. He was in like a sitting position, and then Aberdeen just seemed to lose control of that match, and it does raise major concerns about just how is. The backup to Aberdeen's what would be perceived as the starting, like first choice eleven.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people have said that, that the changes—it was the changes went, it went, went to plan in the first half, just as yeah. it, had, you know, it had paid off obviously against Livingston, although in sort of Hiram Skiram fashion in the league uh, the previous week. But against Wraith, it seemed to be fine in that first half, and then I don't know if it works in the first half, and then. They kind of lose control of the game in the second half. Is that more an issue of them not wanting it enough? I know I'm not to be a proper football man about it, but is that is it like a desire thing? Do you think?
2: Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think if it's difficult, if you've got like control of the first half, and maybe subconsciously it's seeped into them that this is easier than we're anticipating. But then, I mean, they've just completely upped their work rate, their hunger, and we're like. Going more, more desire for 50 50 balls than it showed in the first half, and it, it just changed the whole complexion of the match. And then the first goal, I mean, so early in the, the second half, and I don't, for me, I don't think it was a free kick. There wasn't a, I mean, it was Jack Gerd did put his hand on Zanata's shoulder but he'd managed to regain his balance and was breaking into the box. And then when he... To me, when he saw that he'd broken the box, he went down trying to earn a pen. Yeah. And referee Stephen McClain was right that he didn't give the pen because the contact was outside the penalty area, but he shouldn't have given the free kick either. But then, having said that, you can't defend like that and allow a man to go on the ball.
0: Yeah, I think... Um... A lot a lot of people as well were pointing to Jack Garr's performance in that second half, and so it's a question i don't i don't I don't think you can you can lay it all at his feet, but no. yeah not in that, in that first goal i think the the earlier phase of that move where he kind of got beat by zanata yeah. um out wide um wasn't particularly good and then yeah, for the second goal, I think that first strike it comes in, I think Joe Lewis has to do better there yeah. the way he sort of just palmed it out he could have got two hands to it. i I feel he could have caught that perhaps. But to palm it to where he did, it's a kind of awkward ball for Gar to, to to deal with. But he should probably still be cleaning it in the way, so I didn't do do anything quick enough. You know, allowed him to be caught out, and the race player to to finish and score. what Ultimately, proved to be the winner. Why do you think? Um, why? Why? I you know, there was, there was time left for them to, and they obviously had a, a spell of pressure towards the end of the game where they they were trying to get back into it. What what went wrong? In that part of the game, do you think
2: they just couldn't get that domination in the midfield back? I mean, they took Scott Brown on, but I mean, he's—I he's, mean, it, what became clear in that game is that S- Scott Brown is fundamental to Aberdeen, but he's not a medical worker. Yeah, I mean, Stephen Glass took the three subs on. He took on uh, Lewis Ferguson, Scott Brown, and Ryan Hedges. They were only on the pitch about 20 seconds and they were 2-1 down. So that completely changed the whole outlook of the match again. For me, I I think you should... I mean, there should be some aspect of looking forward to the next game, maybe one or two tweaks, but I don't think seven for me is too much and it, it backfired against the a And I think you should always play... Your strongest team. I mean, that was the first time in 119 appearances, Lewis Ferguson has appeared as a sub. He had started all 118 games he'd been fit and available for, which tells its own story. Yeah. I mean, you, you would reach in the group stages of the Conference League it would be a fantastic achievement and it would. A lot of kudos for the club, and brings about two two point five million in the European payments. But progressing in a League Cup is, I would argue, more important if you do have genuine aspirations of reaching the final and winning it, which Aberdeen have, and now they've, they've fallen at the first hurdle.
0: You mentioned Lewis Ferguson there. Um, what have you What have you made of his performances in recent games when you've? seen him obviously there there was a there was an issue in the summer. I think that's very much public knowledge that Ferguson was trying to get away from Aberdeen. How how have you felt he's performed since they've come back?
2: To be fair, quite admirably. I don't think he could question his attitude or commitment to Aberdeen on the pitch. He's given his all, he's played well. I don't think the transfer speculation and handing in the the uh, transfer request has affected him one iota, which just shows that not only has he got the skill to play at the very highest level, he's also got the ment- mentality, which again is a surprise that he was left on the bench. I know he was the covering, he'd missed a previous game through injury, but I, if he's fit, I would still play Ferguson every game.
0: In terms of the squad and the way it's, sitting at the moment we've obviously discussed the fact that maybe some of the guys that came in at the weekend have uh, have still got a lot to prove um and whether they're they've got a place this season. But Arian <laughs> clearly still need to strengthen. I think there's that's there's a consensus on that that they still need an attacking player, certainly, and probably another defender. Whether they get that by the end of the transfer window is another thing. Obviously, it's come out in the last few hours that um they've had a, a bid, allegedly, rejected for half a million pounds for a Martin Boyle of Hibs, yeah. an Aberdeen loon. Um, that would clearly, to me, to my mind, having a player of Boyle's calibre, um, a sort of pacey attacker like that, who can play as a striker, can also play out wide, would be um, would be something different for the Dons. He would certainly be different than Christian Ramirez and J. Emmanuel Thomas. He would offer different qualities. Uh, was there anyone... Was there anyone at the weekend that you kind of thought, as I said, has still has a lot to prove this season? Anyone else in the squad that we haven't touched on?
2: Just in terms I would say just the two new guys, I mean Jack Gurr and Teddy Jenks, just because we've seen very little of them. So they've still forced their way into that team. And I think Gurr, after his second half performance, has a lot to prove. I mean he's he's great going forward, but I just think as at the moment, there's that vulnerability at the back, just that he was a bit, he was a bit too ponderous, especially that second goal. I mean, I've been very impressed with Fonzo Ojo. He's been, I mean, this time last well in January, everyone thought he was his Aberdeen career was over. And I mean, Fonzo even admitted himself that he thought his time at Petoddi was was up.
0: In terms of uh, Thursday night yeah. against Karabakh in Azerbaijan, a team that has been in the Champions League groups, they've got decent European pedigree. Somehow, at the moment, Aberdeen are, you know, the bookies reckon that it's a pretty tight tie as things stand. The first leg away from home is always a bonus. What What's a good result for Aberdeen? A draw out draw there and taking it back to Petaudry next week?
2: Oh yeah, definitely a draw. I mean... Celtic was it six years ago in the Champions League qualifiers could only manage a, a 0-0 draw and they'd got a 1-0 win at Parkhead prior to that to progress. So, I mean, a draw away from home is a fantastic result, especially when you take into consideration, I mean, it's a seven-hour flight. They've got to change their whole normal calendar that they've got for Europe. They normally fly out on a Wednesday instead of flying out early Tuesday morning. Yeah, the pitch is supposedly like a tatty field, so bad that Karabag even considered changing the venue. you got the heat. I mean, it's going to be played at 8 o'clock Azerbaijan time, which is 5 o'clock in the uh, UK. But, I mean, they're still expecting it to be around 32 degrees. I mean, that's like punishing conditions. Pushing up against a team with a proven track record, uh, qualifying for the group stages of Europe. In each of the last seven seasons, Karabag have qualified for the group stages. So they know how to do it, how to get the job done, and how to get into those groups. To be fair, once they get into the groups their record is absolutely shocking. So they're just sort of like hovering along that level where they don't seem to be good enough to thrive in the groups, but they certainly have that calibre and quality to get in to that level. So it's going to be a a very, very tough test for Aberdeen. But I I think they can do it. In terms of
0: the team that Glass plays, he clearly obviously reverts. There'll there'll be tactical concerns, of course. Is it a four at the back game? Is it a three at the back game? Um, But presumably he goes out with that midfielder as I've discussed, Brown and Ferguson. Yeah. What we see, Emmanuel Thomas and Ramirez together up front. I think that's been proven so far this season to be the best combination. Will Hedges be fit enough to play after going off at the weekend? Uh, Hayes has travelled. Johnny Hayes has travelled, but he, I, I, I wasn't expecting him to travel. I've got to be honest. I haven't seen the incident at the weekend that saw him go off with what looked to be a pretty bad ankle injury. But we'd Hayes have started anyway over him. As a Bajam, what 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 are you really expecting from the lineup?
2: Yeah, uh, defensively, I think it would go be a four. I would have, I would have Considine at centre back, and then I would have. A, I know they've got limited Euro experience, but I would have the two young full backs in. Yeah. I think Calvin Ramsey's got to go back, back in there on his the right, and Jack McKenzie on the left, purely because they've got the pace to uh, to get out of to bring the ball forward and take a bit of pressure off and instigate attacks on the break. And like I totally agree with you, I would have, it's got to be Brown and Ferguson in the, the centre pulling things.
0: All right. Um, well, we'll see how Aberdeen get on in Europe on Thursday night. It's obviously a really cha- challenging game against Carabagh, and it doesn't get much easier when they come <laughs> back and then have to play Hearts on Sunday at Tyne Castle followed by the second leg against Carabagh. It's a punishing spell at the moment for Aberdeen, it could all be worth it. The League Cup campaign.
2: That, that's what you want, is it? You want these big games. It's exciting times for Aberdeen. It's just its just so disappointing that they blew it at Starks Park. Yeah, I mean, the, there's so much positive momentum and like a feel-good factor buzzing amongst the fans. And that's just dented it a wee bit. But if they get past Carabaug, I mean, they, that'll quickly return.
0: Yeah, and the Tynecastle game shouldn't be sniffed that either, given that Hearts, Hearts, Hibs, and Aberdeen are the three teams in the league that have still got a hundred percent record after after three games,
2: isn't it? Three games so far. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so
0: two. Two, two. So
2: I'm looking forward to the the Hearts game. It's going to be brilliant, fantastic venue, and it'll be. I mean, the atmosphere will be great.
0: All right. Well, we'll move on, and in the next section, we'll discuss our lower league teams, Cove Rangers, Peterhead, and Elgin. Right. Okay. Starting with our northeast-based teams in League One, then Cove Rangers returned to form in stunning fashion in the weekend, beating East Fife five-two at the Balmoral Stadium. It's a hat-trick from Mitch Meganson. I've seen quotes from Mitch saying. That he told his teammates beforehand that he needed to get a hat trick on Saturday because he was falling behind in the goal scoring stakes in League One after Cove's first couple of games. But yes, three goals from Mitch, also goals from Rory McAllister and Robbie Leach, um, have a good authority at Cove are close to their best offensively, but they're still needing to sharpen up at the back. I think uh, Paul Hartley, as well, was pretty. Is, he was clearly happy that they'd won, but he was also he didn't pull his punches with them. Um, that def- when he was talking about the defensive play, um, saying he was disappointed in that East Fife didn't have to work particularly hard. He also said that Harry Milne had to do better for the penalty that East Fife were awarded. Um, elsewhere, Peterhead they they lost one 0 against Montrose. It was a a narrow defeat for the blue team to a Graham Webster penalty. I think. Uh, I think Jim McAnally said that Peterhead were flattered by only losing 1-0 in a game that it didn't sound like they played particularly well in. Um, They're still struggling a little bit with players being out and unavailable for them at the moment. They also had their uh, SPFL Trust Trophy win against Dundee B in midweek, which was notable for the fact that I don't think Peterhead were particularly happy that they had to play the game on the night they did at uh, the venue they did I think they had to play at station park um for first ground um because they because Dundee B basically what it moved quite late on or Dundee had it moved quite late on but yes during the game um the it was it was notable, notable for the fact that uh, Jim McAnally subbed on uh, a sub goalkeeper um I believe. To was it a sub goalkeeper? Yes, sub goalkeeper to, um, to replace an outfield player. It's maybe showing a little bit of what he thinks of the competition and the chain of events. Um, but the other lower league result we have up in the north at the weekend was Elgin City three, Albion Rovers 0. First one of the season for Gavin Price's men. Paul, um, Kane Hester hat trick, in that one as well. Um. Were you impressed? Were, were Elgin in sparkling form? Oh,
1: they certainly were. Uh, it was one of these games as well, Ryan, where although they were impressive, Albion Rovers had spells in the match, especially early on as, as well, but Elgin soon took control of it and Kane Hester who um, has scored 19 goals in the last two seasons in League 2, um, well in you know, all competitive games in the last two seasons uh, is looking to hit the 20 marks. Well, he's, he's up to 7 already and I have to say, in um, the few months of of covering Elgin for the the Press and Journal, I I always uh, smile a bit at Gavin Price, the Elgin manager. He's so demanding of Kane Hester and um, indeed claimed that Hester really should have had six and not three um, at the weekend, given the opportunities that he had. He's always really demanding. He he sees a player in Hester, the 26-year-old, who um, really... To his his goals terrifically well, especially a couple of one on ones with the goalkeeper. One of the goals was a, a deflection and it blew Albion Rovers away. Albion were a side who only in April came to Borough Briggs and won five two, and that was a real turning point last season for Elgin, where they, they uh, feared that they were going to miss out on a top four playoff spot. But that um, thumping by Albion Rovers actually. Um, led to clearly our talks and uh, Elgin got their, their act together and finished third for the, the second year in a row. So that was that was a performance and win that was coming for Elgin City. They've spoken in recent weeks about the way they've played in spells and matches and looked good uh, um, for for periods, especially in in attack. Uh, but that was a first clean sheet for them at the weekend as well. So it was a big, big victory that takes them actually up to fourth position on four points. They got a, an opening day draw against Stranraer and then they lost at Cowdenbeath in match day two. Uh, you talk about the SPFL Trust Trophy as well. Oh, uh, Kane Hester scored a double last week against the Hibs Colts, and in fact, two years ago, Elgin made the quarterfinals of that competition, obviously formerly known as the, the Challenge Cup. So, um, yeah, it's a positive mood, at Elgin now, and uh, it was a, a result that was just around the corner. I felt, especially against a team like Albion Rovers, who um, you wouldn't expect in the long run. Will be up challenging near the top and it uh, sets things up. They've got a midweek game against Rothus in the North of Scotland Cup where Gavin Price is talking about actually fielding a, a good number of his first team players because they were one of the clubs hit by COVID, so they're a wee bit behind schedule. And uh, then this weekend, I mean, although the North of Scotland Cup was another welcome fixture in some regards, it's all about welcoming Forfar to Elgin this weekend, another home game where Another three points would be terrific. Although Forfer um held Kelsey Hearts, who are the hot favourites for the for the league to 2-2 draw at the weekend. So fascinating one. But yeah, the, the mood certainly lifted at uh, Borough Briggs this week.
0: Yes, and it should be noted that Cove they take on Dumbarton um away from home this weekend while Peter Head hosts Right. Next up we'll discuss the return to action for Ross County and in Inverness that's coming up. This weekend, they had a weekend off because they were out of the League Cup, but they'll be back on Saturday and discuss that next. Right, okay, Paul, this will be another one where you're the expert um, in the room, but Ross County. First of all, County, let's they're go. back in action. The, yeah, this weekend it's a challenging one. Rangers at home. I said Saturday the game will actually be on Sunday because Rangers. that's right. Yeah, involvement in Europe. Um, how, do you think? <laughs> I mean, it's obviously not one that County. You know, that anyone's expecting County to win. I wouldn't say, but
1: what, what are your thoughts going into it? Yeah, that's right. I think. Um, In some ways, being out of the cup was a blessing in disguise for County because Malky spoke last week about the the fact they can get themselves together, regroup after a a difficult 3-0 defeat at Hibernian um, the previous Sunday. And um, on the face of it, you look at that and you say, oh, 3-0 Hibs must have given County a real pasting that day. It was an 11-minute spell in the first half where Hibs scored all their goals and County collapsed during that period. And that's a concern for Malky Mackay, the manager, but it's one that he's addressed head on. He spoke last week about the fact that he went through that period and the need to for his players. Remember, this is largely a new group that he's getting together, uh, how they need to stand up to the, the challenge when you're at difficult venues like Hibs. And we all know that Ross County have been given the worst or, or the best, depending how you look at it, uh, the most difficult start to the Premiership, taking on the f- top five teams from last season with uh, Celtic and Aberdeen around the corner as-, as well after the Rangers game. But I think, uh, you will know, look at the way Dundee United got about Rangers and there are question marks. I mean, Rangers hit back in style against Ed Ferman, um, on Friday night in the-, the Premier Sports Cup. But I think Dundee United have shown, and Malmo of course twice, have shown that Rangers can be got at our uh, county good enough to do that well the games at dingwall there um the fans will be back in good numbers it's uh, got the the green light to have a, a sell out as well there's um the, the, the players are certainly in confident mood going into this one this is exactly why the number of new recruits that Malky have taken in have come to Scotland it's to be involved in big games like like this one taking on Stephen Gerrard's champions so um county in the from what I've seen of them so far, have have played well enough, albeit in the the Premier Sports Cup. They scored a good number of goals um, in that, especially the the one against Montrose. But this is a completely different level. Um, They've got a good balance about their team right now. It's a shame that Jake Volkins, the fullback is on loan from Southampton, um, uh, sustained an injury ahead of the the opening game against uh, St Johnson. So from their, their point of view, they... They've, they've had time in the training ground with Malky. They've got the rest of this week and indeed the additional day, as you say, Ryan, with the, the game being in on Sunday. So um, um, he's looking to add a, a couple of new faces this week. Of course, um, Malky, he's looking at Watford and his former club, uh, reportedly, uh, and a, a loan move for the winger, Joseph Hungable, uh coming in, uh, according to all reports, 21-year-olds, who's been on loan at Aldershot. So a couple of new faces to come in, hopefully in time for the Rangers' game to bolster uh, numbers indeed. They've got a, a very worthy point on the board from their game against St. Johnston and um, yeah, let, let's see. It's going to be a fascinating uh, day and uh, I think it's as much about Rangers' attitude to this as it is about Ross County's, I would suggest. Yeah,
0: as you say, it's it's a period at the moment where Malky's having to get quite a few players, I suppose, bedded in his squad and it seems with, yeah. with every passing week there's, mo- there's more. Um, Inverness then, yeah. They, they had two wins from two in the Championship before this this week off. Um, they've got Air United at home this weekend. Will they be going into that one feeling confident? I don't know why they could be feeling anything other than confident.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, Air United is a team you never know what you're going to get from Air. Um, they were 2-0 down to Arbroath in the, the last match day and came back to get a, a draw. Yeah. Um, Air uh, relative success um, against Ivanes, but two well matched teams in a head to head level. Um, but I think those back to back wins, one 0 wins um, with clean sheets, have given Cali this every reason to believe that this is a fixture that they should be taking three points ahead of the the game at Komarnik next week and. Um, we were speaking to Russell Duncan for the Press and Journal, former Cali Jags midfielder, and he was saying this is a real opportunity if Cali Thistle can get the victory over air to head down to Kilmarnock. And even if you avoid defeat at Rugby Park, you know, you're sitting with, with 10 points at a 12 and you're, you've the, one of your main rivals hasn't inflicted any damage on you, which is a really, really strong start. But the, Barry, um, Barry Wilson was saying as well, they've got a real focus about them right now, uh, head coach Billy Dodds will be um, looking no further ahead than this, this one at, at the weekend, they're playing with a, a real bit of confidence um, when the, when they've been allowed to be they of course spoke about Wraith Rovers uh, knocking at Aberdeen well, only the week before Callie Thistle beat Wraith Rovers by a goal to nil with a, a terrific Roddy McGregor goal, so um. They've had to dig deep for those two wins, I would have to say, Ryan. You know, it hasn't been sparkling football from Cali Thistle, but they've not been allowed to play that yet. So given the fact they've still hit their heights, there's a lot more to come from Cali Thistle. But back-to-back wins gives them a real spring in their step going into this one. And um, I'm looking forward to maybe seeing... Billy McKay, if he's fit enough to be involved. And someone that Billy Dodd spoke about last week is uh, the, the lad, Jameson, who's come in from St Mirren on loan. Um, so they've got plenty of attacking options. And it'll be interesting to see if Brodie McGregor, after his goal against Wraith, gets the the nod. And um, But, yeah, keeping it tight, the... Um, has been the foundation obviously for the last two two wins and uh, they're playing with a bit of a, a swagger up front, especially Manny Duku, who uh, really looks to be enjoying this football right now. Yep, and
0: we shall see how everyone get on. Hopefully they can keep their, their winning run going. And um, The only final bit of news to speak about this week or to tell you about this week on Northern Goal is the fact that Injury Loco's manager, Andy Lowe, Resigned from his position on Monday, um, citing the effect the job had been having on his family life. Locos drew nil-nil um, on Saturday against Keith, who had been beaten ten-nil by Bucky Thistle the week before. Um, Locos are unbeaten in their first four. League games and they're considered obviously one of the one of the teams who could contend for the Highland League title. And um, we know that Stephen Park, Richard Davidson, and John Flacker will take over team managers. Team matters until a new manager is appointed. And um, starting with our Aberdeenshire Cup tie against Banks of D on Wednesday night, I think it was a. A big surprise, um, that, if, you, if you'd if you like to know um, any more about the happenings that went on in the Highland League over the weekend, you can watch Highland League Weekly, our exclusive subscribers only show, on the Press and Journal website, which includes this week highlights of Bucky Thistle against Devon Vale, as well as a feature with Rothschild's chairman Ian Paul on the club's battle back from the brink of administration or liquidation to um, Highland League Cup success last year. But that concludes this week's episode of Northern Goal. Thanks to Sean and Paul Chalk for joining me today. Cheers, guys.
2: Thanks, Ryan. No problem. Pleasure.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, you can like and subscribe on your favourite podcast app, whichever one you prefer. Um, and if you've got any questions or queries, you can email Goal at Let's Let's hope that Aberdeen can get a result over in Azerbaijan on Thursday and um, if you're watching that game enjoy it and also enjoy any other football that you're watching this coming weekend cheers hope you loved the episode and if you did we'd be grateful if you could leave us a review or rating on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to pick up your copies of the press and journal and Evening express every day for the best football writing and analysis in the north